Thanks for reminding me, Pastor. I actually forgot that I was preaching while I was sitting there. <laughs> no, I have the sermon. I just spaced off. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm gonna. Um, I'm not gonna be going through too many scriptures tonight, but I want to read a couple, um, uh, starting in John uh, chapter 20. You, these are all really familiar uh, passages of scripture. John chapter 20. In verse 29, it says, blessed are not seeing and believing. That, that probably sounds really familiar because it seems like I've been going there a lot when I've been teaching. And the Lord just has me here. I don't know why I keep going to, to blessed is the one not seeing and believing. But I believe the Lord has me there for a reason. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12, it says, for now we see in a mirror dimly. But then, face to face, and I've got one more short scripture here, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 13. It says, therefore, I speak in parables because while seeing, they do not see. I think you probably know where I'm going tonight. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for allowing me to, to Lord, speak on your behalf, Lord, here, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you will just anoint me, Lord, to teach, Lord. Lord, bless the hearer, Lord. Help us all to receive something, Lord, that, that we can build on, Lord, and we can take our faith, Lord, on, into a next step, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to be talking about sight, obviously, tonight. So um, I began to think about how important our sight is to us and why it is we, we seem to rely on it so much. Our sense of sight is responsible for most of the information we absorb. From We have five senses, of course, but sight is where we get most of our, our information. In fact, even our sleep schedules are affected by the light that we see during the day. In one study, 88% of participants ranked vision as their most valued sense. Now, something that I, I didn't know, I probably should have known, but I didn't know. See, we look at sight, and we, we think that what we see is reality. But really, what we see is just an interpretation that our brain interprets what the light that's coming in. It just interprets what we see, and we perceive it as being real. In other words, we put more faith into what we see as being true than any other sense that we have. And the assumption of sight and the trust we put in it can lead us into most of the disappointments and failures that we have in our life. Now, I have embarrassed my family on a, on a few occasions when I'm up here, so I'm going to go ahead and embarrass myself a little bit tonight. Believe me, it's no more embarrassing to say it than it was to actually do it. So... I was supposed to meet Amber at Anderson High School in the quad. I can't remember why we were there. I think, I think it was one of Jordan's basketball games. And I had texted her, and I'm like, and she's like, I'm in the quad. I'm just sitting on the bench. I'm like, okay. So I'm walking through the quad, and I, I see her back. And I'm like, all right, awesome. And I walk right up, and I sit down, and I put my round to what on whom I thought was my wife. So I put my arm around her, and I look over, and I see my actual wife sitting at another bench. And I look over and I said, you are not my wife. And I get up and I walk over 
and I sit down next to Amber. Now, I, I don't know what why my sight saw Amber, and I'm going to go and sit next to her. It was not Amber, though. It wasn't Amber. Now, the other day, Chris and I were doing some invoices, and uh, I thought that I wrote down correctly, and I even double-checked. But my brain decided that it's going to write in the wrong spot on it. See, what we see, we put such trust in it, but it's, it's fallible. It's fallible, what we see. And so, but we put such trust in it, and we, we perceive that it's really what's going on. What we see is the reality of what's going on. And when I talk about sight now from, you know, while I'm preaching, I'm not just talking about, you know, I'm talking about the connotations of sight. It's not just what we see, but the reality that we assign to what we know we think is true. There's a lot of connotation to that. And, and we put such faith in that. And now, believe you me, I've been accused of actually getting notes from pastor on what to preach. Now, I wish that was the case, but it was. it's not. Trust me, I wish that I could do that, but it's not. So when I talk about foretelling, when I talk about prophecy, I had already had this typed before he said anything this morning. But Amber was on Facebook in Claremore a couple days ago, and somebody had posted, hey, I'm a fortune teller, I read, you know, I do whatever it is they do. And Amber just kind of chuckled to herself until multiple people started, yes, I need, I need you to read, I need you to... to all these people that live in Claremore looking for their fortunes to be told. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? What is the difference between what we're calling prophecy today and that? Now, very rarely does Jesus ever give us insight into the future in a way like fortune telling. I, I can think of only a couple of times in the scripture where Jesus actually did that. And yet, it is the most prevalent thing. It's what everybody is looking for in, in the Christian circles is foretelling or foreseeing. You know, that word foreseeing, it's, it's prophesying. It's just, what is it but trying to see into a dimension that we cannot see? We are trying to get sight into something that we cannot get sight into because we really want to see. Because we would much rather see than, in, than anything else. But because we are so dependent on our sight, we are easily manipulated by what we see. Think about Eve. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes. To the eyes. Matthew 4, 8, 9, it says, Again, the devil took him, being Jesus, along a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Something about that sight, something about what we see, we always think that that's the truth. And really, we don't see everything. And until we realize that we don't see everything and that we can't rely totally on what we see, we are going to be tricked a lot of times. I want to I turn to uh, scripture in John, the gospel of John chapter 2. And I'm going to just read a couple of verses here. Um, this is right after uh, Jesus was at the wedding and he turned the water into wine. And it says, And as he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, at the feast, many believed into his name, seeing miracles which he did. But Jesus himself did not commit himself to them, 
because he knew all and because he had no need that anyone should witness concerning man, for he knew what was in a man. What that word committed to is really that word trusted or being persuaded by. Spill my water if I don't do that. He was not, he saw people believing into the miracles, and he saw it, and they're following him, but he was not persuaded that they were really following him. It had no influence on what he was doing because he knew that what he was seeing wasn't reality, that these people weren't really entrusting in him. They were entrusting in the miracles. When one loses their sight, other senses gradually become more sensitive. Sense of touch and hearing become more acute because the brain becomes more dependent on them for information. Now, Jesus emphasized our dependency on the words he was speaking. Therefore, how we hear is much more important than what we see. Luke chapter 8 and verse 18 says, Therefore, take care how you listen. Mark 4, verse 24, pay attention to what you hear. We walk by faith and not by sight. So then how do we receive faith? Faith comes through hearing and hearing the word of God. We will hear things before we see it, but we don't believe things until we actually see it. And what we see is only what's right in front of us. We can often hear things that we can't actually see, but we don't put our trust in hearing as much as we do with what we see. In fact, you know, one of the pitfalls of, of young people, you know, I could, I could say this because I've done it, is that they are very focused on what's in front of them, and they, can't, they don't really have a perception of things beyond what's going on right then and there. I remember I talked to, I was talking to Jordan, we were sitting in, we were at a basketball practice, and, you know, there was a couple of kids that were doing really good, and I, I pointed the three out, and I, I told Rodney this, and I said, see those three guys right there? I wasn't trying to make fun of them, but I said, those, those guys have peaked. They're, this is as good as it's going to get for them. They're really good at basketball now. They're not making it in the NBA, and they're really cool right now, but when you get out of high school, none of this is going to mean anything. But for some reason, when you're young, it just right in front of you means everything. Can't see beyond that because we don't have that perception. I remember when I was, you know, when I was um, young, you know, I wanted everything that the older people had. Not realizing what it t took to get there because my sight was very, I was very short-sighted. I didn't see very well. But hearing reminds us and calls our attention to the reality that there's more around us than just what we can see. So I remember Elijah was sitting in the cave and he was feeling sorry for himself, thinking that he was the only one that was serving the Lord. But the Lord had to remind him that even though he couldn't see it, there were thousands that were serving him still. Now, I remember when we were sitting in, Amber and I were sitting in our apartment and she was pretty discouraged, and I was, I was a little bit more sensitive to her than Rodney was when he was in the trailer, because I just told her, hey, things are not always going to be like this. I didn't add the part, they could be worse, I didn't add that part. 
But we just get caught up. We're, we've been in this apartment for so long, and, and, you know, we had three kids in it at that time, and it's only a two-bedroom apartment. I guess it could have got worse. could have been in a one-bedroom, you know. But it's hard to think that the Lord is moving us into a different area because we can't see it. And we really want to see it. It would just be so much easier if we could see it. We try to hold on to what we see because we don't trust in that which we don't see. We don't trust it. I remember when we were, you know, I say I remember a lot. I'm just thinking back on times when this has been made manifest in my life and God has shown me these things in my life. When we, before we were moving to Oklahoma, and I think we all could witness to this, we all know we're moving to Oklahoma, and things in California started looking a lot better to us, you know, than they did before. You know, the job is just so great, and, and you know, this weather and all these things. But the Lord reminded me and helped me to hear him that things are not always going to be like this. And, I, and, you know, Jen, I was watching a couple of her posts at the gas prices, and I'm like, oh, boy, I'm so glad I'm not there. You know, because they were not going to stay the same. If they were going to stay the same, I don't think the Lord would have moved us. But the Lord knew they weren't going to stay the same. But we couldn't see any changes coming. I think we kind of felt it, but we couldn't see it. But we trusted in what we heard from the Lord, not by what we saw going around us. So in Hebrews chapter 10 and, and verse 1, it says, For the law was a shadow of the of the coming good things and not the image itself of those things. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not being seen. And in verse 2, it says, So that which is seen was not made out of what was visible. In other words, faith, is putting is standing on those things that you have seen, believing and trusting in the things that you have not seen yet. And this is really the walk that we have in the Lord. You know, you read through Hebrews, and you, when it talks about all those great men of faith that witnessed to the Lord, what they had done is they just didn't trust in what God had done. Abraham had a child. It was a promise that he'd been waiting for, and he had it, but he didn't trust that that was all that God was doing. He trusted that what God was doing was beyond just that child. When Moses is coming out of Egypt and all the things that the Lord had done, he still knows that what he sees isn't just what the Lord is doing, but there's just so much more that God has that we just can't see. Because we are just finite creatures. We're on the clock. There is an end to our lives coming. And so we want to see that. We want to see what we need to do. It's just so much easier when we do. It's so much easier for us just to take the reins when we can see. Because really, that's, that's really what we want to do. If I can just see, if the Lord can just map it out before me, then I'll just walk by myself and I'll accomplish it on my own. But that was never the intention of the Lord is for me to do this on my own. It was to do it with him. Even the apostles, after Jesus had been resurrected, wanted to know when the end was coming, when the end of the age. And Jesus never clued them in on that because it wasn't important. 
What was important was what was standing right in front of him, and that was him. When Moses is, is sitting with the Lord and, the, and he says, Lord, show me your glory, the Lord never showed him what was ahead. He showed him what was behind. And when he showed him what was behind, he now could put trust and faith into what he could not see ahead. And that's how we walk this walk, is the Lord brings us through a situation, and we have seen how he has worked it out for us. But that situation is probably not going to arise again. Another one's going to arise. A different one's going to arise. But we put our faith in what has already happened. We put our faith in what the Lord has already done in us, and then we trust what we don't see the Lord doing. We trust in what he's doing. You know, when blind people become blind, after, after a time, their minds begin to change and their minds begin to memorize things by hearing and by feeling. So after so much time, a blind person can actually navigate a room without actually touching anything because his brain remembers that what, what, what was in the past. It had touched, they had touched something. They know where things are, and the brain just memorizes that. I think the Lord, now, I don't think the Lord wants us to be blind. I just don't think the Lord wants us to put as much trust in our sight as we have. He wants us to put our trust in what we know and have experienced in him. Amen? In 1 John chapter 3, and this is a really familiar setting of Scripture because I've, I've been in here a lot. Um, in verse 3 and 1 through 3, it says, Behold, what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and we are. Because of this, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and what we will be has yet not yet been revealed. We cannot see it yet. We, we know that when he appears, we will be like him when he appears. For we will see him as he is, and everyone having this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. It has not yet appeared. It has not yet become visible. What becomes visible is Christ. That's what becomes visible. And that we see Christ is much more important than anything else. See, the Lord's never going to give us sight beyond him. We're not going to see beyond him. He is, the, he is what we need to be seen. And when we see him, then everything else doesn't mean as much. Does that make sense? As our eyes are open to him, he becomes the reality that we need to see. If we can see him, not the future, not to our situation, but if we can see him and step out in faith, we will see him clearer. Just as Peter is walking out on the water, as long as he keeps his eyes on the Lord, then it doesn't really matter what the storm is doing. But when he gets his eyes on the storm, it becomes much more important to him than it should be because he's lost focus of where the Lord is. The Lord isn't looking to change our circumstances as much as he's looking to change us and who we are. We're looking for things that we can see. We're looking for evidence that the Lord is working. We're looking for tongues and baptism and altar prayers and prayer lines. Those are things that we can see 
And we're trying to put something that's happening inward into something that we could see visibly, and we can never see those things visibly. But we try to assign those things sight. But the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, can you really see those things? Can you really see the intention of a man? Can you really see the intention of people? Can you see the fruits of the Spirit just with your eye? Can I look in the mirror and go, there's a patient guy right there. There's a guy with some self-control. I can't, I can't do that. Because everybody is, peace, is at peace when things are peaceful. Everybody's kind to those who are being kind to them. Everybody has self-control when there's no opportunity to self-indulge it. But it's not until those situations come about where somebody is angry at you or, or things are not as stable as you wanted them to be. Or there's an opportunity for you to really indulge in something. Do these attributes become manifest? You don't see them until you need them. And if you don't see them and the opposite comes comes true, our opposite is made manifest, then we can now see that we need to work on ourselves a little bit more. We need to, pure, we need to see Christ a little bit clearer. We need, to, we need to see those things. They manifest ourselves themselves when they, an unforeseen situation happens. Then we can see them. And then we can put our trust and faith that the Lord is working in us. But we can't just see that with the eye. It has to be revealed in us. When the storm comes that we're not prepared for, that is when we see these traits coming out. And that's when the Lord really wants to work out, really shows us where we're at, and we can really see where he's at. And then we have the opportunity to purify ourselves as we see him. Amen? So the Lord is just looking for us. There's lots of situations that we've been in, and we're going to continue to go through. But the Lord is trying to get us to stop relying on what we see and believing that that's what's true. And start believing that what he is, is true. And that what he's doing is true and reality. Amen? Amen, Pastor.